Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello, this is Dr. Jim Morrow once again with To Your Health. We are here at the North Fulton Business Radio X studios on Windward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia, right here in the Renaissance Bank. I'm here with my partner in crime, John Ray. John's running the board and taking emails and, and Twitter uh, comments. John, how you doing today? I'm all pumped up. You are? Yeah. You've been, you've been doing some <laughs> testosterone, John? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to get that. Oh, Lord, I, I can't get so. anything past you. <laughs> Not that one, no. <laughs> no. So John's here working the board, and we're glad he is. We do have a couple of ways you can reach out to us here at To Your Health, and one is you can send us an email at Dr. Jim, that's drjim, at toyourhealth.md, and the other one is you can tweet us. We are at toyourhealthmd, and so both of those are out there. If you have comments, questions, if you have show topic ideas, we'd love to hear about all of those. So we've done, this is our 17th episode today. And I really appreciate those of you who are, have become regular listeners. And I'm excited for those of you who might be listening for the first or the first of a few times. And I hope that you will uh, continue to join us for our podcast, which comes out on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. So today we're going to talk about something that I have to talk about at work all the time. And that's testosterone therapy in men. Now, we didn't used to talk about testosterone therapy in men because there wasn't a great way to treat low testosterone. And back in probably the mid to late 90s, I'm going to guess, there was a transdermal patch that came out for testosterone and then a a topical cream-like gel kind of solution that came out. So before that, in order to replace testosterone, you had to get a shot of testosterone in the buttock or what the office I usually refer to as the butt cheek. And it hurt like anything because it's incredibly thick. It's in this very thick oil. It's difficult to draw up. It's difficult to give. It's fairly uncomfortable. And people just didn't want to do that. So we didn't have to deal with this very much. And then the marketing changed when the uh, pharmaceutical companies came out with an easier way to do this. And they started introducing via television advertising uh, the idea that men were low in testosterone. And basically they did that by saying, well, are you tired? Well, heck yeah, I'm tired. I know John's tired. You can look at John until he's tired. And so in order to, to combat this, we had to start doing an awful lot of research and figure out what was going on with people, why are they tired and so forth. Well, if your testosterone level is lower than it should be for your age, that's a key phrase, then yeah, you might be a little bit tired. But the problem is that everything that goes wrong with the human body causes fatigue. So being tired is not a terribly helpful thing to tell the doctor. So let's talk about testosterone. Testosterone is the male hormone, of course, and it is produced by the testicles primarily. And decreased production of testosterone in men is called hypogonadism. Well, I call it low testosterone because that's a lot easier for me to say. So primary hypogonadism is the failure of the testicles to produce sufficient sufficient testosterone, and again, really for your age. Because in men, your testosterone level pretty much peaks when your sexual interest does, which is about age 19, and from that point, it starts decreasing. 
So your testosterone is decreasing and decreasing over time. So if you measure your testosterone level when you're 65, like I am, it's going to be less than it was when you were 19. The problem is when people come in the office and we might get around to measuring it, we don't know what their level was when they were 19. So we really don't have a good way of knowing how much lower it is. And of course, like most things we measure, there's a range of normal values. There's a range from X to Z. And if you fall in there, then you're good. Well, if you started off at 19 being right at the very top and then later in life, not too old, really, you're down towards the bottom. You've had a significant change, but we don't know that. So it's a difficult thing to know a whole lot about. So the testosterone therapy has increased tremendously uh, since the topicals came out. And most of that is given and written by primary care docs. Certainly urologists and endocrinologists write their fair share of it as well. But there's seriously conflicting evidence about the benefit of male testosterone therapy for age-related declines in testosterone. Now, if you're 22 and your testosterone level is low, you need to be on hormone therapy. And I, I think anybody sees that. Anybody can understand that. But just because you're older and have X, Y, or Z problems and your testosterone level is not at the top of normal, that doesn't mean that's your problem. And just handing out testosterone is not as free of side effects as you might want it to be. So in order to diagnose somebody who has low testosterone, first, physicians shouldn't even check I don't think a doctor should even check a level unless a patient has signs and symptoms consistent with the problem. Things like loss of body hair, not head hair, body hair, sexual dysfunction, hot flashes, gynecomastia, which is enlargement of the breast. The Food and Drug Administration said in 2015 that using testosterone therapy for low levels due to aging, I keep harping on that because it's important, constitutes what they call off-label use. Now, off-label use is not the end of the world. We wouldn't be able to practice medicine if we didn't write things for something other than what they were originally made for. I did it this morning. I do it every day. I think every doctor does it all the time. But in a particular case like this, it's not as simple and easy as some of the other things we might do. Things like a depressed mood, even fatigue, decreased strength, a decreased feeling of vitality. These are less specific to low testosterone and can be caused by a myriad of different things. Because it, So if you're having those things, it's important to see a doctor. But don't go in there thinking that low testosterone is the only thing that can cause the way I feel because it's absolutely not. Now, the diagnosis of low testosterone should only be made if you have those signs or symptoms and you have low testosterone levels when you check it twice in the morning. You need two, two readings that are low. You need to check it in the morning. That's the best time. And so you want to be sure you have two of those readings before you actually have a diagnosis of low testosterone. So there are problems associated with replacing the testosterone. If you start off with a level that's very low and you give testosterone, you end up with a level that's fairly high, you can have a, a variety of things that can happen to you. You can get aggressive. You can get irritable. You can have a rising prostate-specific antigen level, the PSA level. That's the test we use to determine if someone might be developing prostate cancer. And if you do testosterone therapy, that can raise your PSA level. So if you're doing testosterone therapy, you need to see the physician at least twice a year. 
and you need to have a PSA drawn at least twice a year. Now, that's probably going to fall outside of the norms of your insurance company. It's probably going to get kicked back, and you're going to have to pay for it. But this kind of thing is not free because it's not like you can't live without it. So if if you do that, don't be surprised if you get a bill from the lab for a PSA test. That wouldn't surprise me a bit. It can also make urinary symptoms worse. Men, as they get older, frequently will have trouble urinating. They might have decreased flow. They might be getting up at night to go. They might have urgency. They might even have a little bit of incontinence. And these things can be made worse by replacing, replacing testosterone. A lot of that impact, I believe, has to do with the effect on the prostate gland itself. But either way, it can make the symptoms worse. Another thing that can happen when you replace testosterone due to when the, the level decreases due to aging is a thing called polycythemia. And some people call that having thick blood. It means you, your blood count is higher than it otherwise should be. So that's something that needs to be measured on a regular basis also when you're taking hormone therapy. Because if your blood get, does get too, quote, thick, end quote, then that can lead to other problems in other organ systems and so forth. So you want to be careful about that. You want to be sure you don't have that. And if you start off before you even start therapy and you already have a level that's right at the border of that, then you're not even a good candidate to begin, in my opinion. You can get other complications that can can give you liver issues. You can get complications that I mentioned irritability and stuff and personality changes can happen. And that kind of just depends on the level that you're getting and the uh, frequency that you're getting it. Now, the topical testosterone replacements are pretty much daily. They're done on a daily basis. You have to be careful after you do it because then you have testosterone on your hands. You want to be careful about who touches your medicine and who you touch afterwards and so forth. So I mentioned there's a lot of debate about testosterone. And if you look across the American Academy of Family Physicians and American Urological Association and the endocrine societies, there are, I think each one has a different feeling about what they do with testosterone. I asked a friend who's a urologist about it, and he said, I replace everybody. That's a quote. He said, I replace everybody. If they have a low level, I'll replace them. Well, it's not quite that simple. And the American Academy of Family Physicians has said that really it needs to be done on a case-by-case basis, and you need to be sure that you're treating the right thing and not just an age-related decrease, and you're not just trying to do this because somebody doesn't have enough energy. Now, the formulations I mentioned, they've, they've changed a lot, and there's several. I want to talk about those a little bit because I think it's important to know what you're getting into. When when I first started practicing, the only thing we had was the injection, and that's something that is, could be done once a month. It could be done once every two weeks. Some of some people do it once a week at a lower dose. But the problem with most of the injections is that when you give the shot, your level shoots up for the next 48 hours at least to above normal, and then it comes down to below normal or back to where it had been, and then it stays there till the next shot. So you get these peaks and valleys, and that's not a terribly good way to do much of anything. There's Since then, they've come out with multiple different ways. I mentioned the topicals, whether it's the, the lotion or the gel or the patch even, and those are things that are pretty much done every day. And they give you a much more level uh amount of testosterone day-to-day in your system. There's one that's actually almost like a deodorant that you put on in the underarm, and it is 
uh, it's a pretty level uh, amount every day because it also is done daily. There are pellets that can be implanted, uh, typically I think into the hip area, and these distribute testosterone through the body on a, a regular basis for months. Usually it's done about every three months. They have to go ahead and put these pellets in again. Uh, that's not a particularly cheap way to do this, although none of these things are really what you'd call cheap. So those are the, the main things. The other couple that are out there that I've never prescribed, and I don't know anyone who's ever taken them, one is actually a nasal spray. It's actually a gel that goes in the nose. And that's one you have to do three times a day, which is a real nuisance for anything, no matter what you're doing. Three times a day is not easy. And another one is something you just put into your cheek, and it's it's twice a day, and it can alter the way things taste and so forth and so on. So it's not... It's not a, a simple thing to do. I've probably got an even split between people doing the shots and people doing the topicals as far as how people are replacing their testosterone. But I think the biggest problem that I run into is that people think just because they're 55 or 60 that the way they feel, which might be fatigue or stiff or sore joints or weakness or lack of interest in doing things and so forth and so on, I think they feel like these things are routinely due to low testosterone level. And I think that's just not the case. I don't think that 60% of the people in the country have symptoms due to low testosterone. That's about the percentage of people that I see that, that want to want to feel like that's the case. And they're going by what they've read on the internet, which as I told someone this morning is why I didn't go to medical school on the internet. So I talked about the monitoring of people. And I think that's an important thing to emphasize again, because you want to be sure that your level is not too high. You want to be sure that your PSA is not changing. You want to be sure that your blood count is good before you start, and also that your blood count is not going up after you start. You want to be sure your liver function is fine. It's important to monitor kidney function. Luckily, those tests come on the same panel, so that's pretty easy. But it's important to do these things because this is not just a benign treatment that you can just take and not have to ever worry about it. If you're doing testosterone and your physician is not watching you fairly closely and watching your blood work fairly closely, then in my opinion, you need another doctor. To Your Health is, as I've told you before, brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine. We have two locations in North Georgia. We have an office in Cumming, Georgia. that has been open since 2011. And an office in Milton, Georgia, we're working on our fourth year now, just past our third anniversary. And we do have a walk-in hour every morning from 7.30 to 8.30. We start our day at 7.30. We open the doors about 7 o'clock. We're putting people in rooms about 7.15. And for that first hour, you don't need an appointment. It's a walk-in hour. So if you think urgent care type of thing there, you can just show up any weekday, Monday through Friday, between 7.30 and 8.30. And you'll be seen. And it doesn't matter to us why you're there. If you feel the need to be there, we want you to be there. So it's important to us to take care of you when you need us. So that's what the walk-in at Mara Family Medicine is about. And we do say we're trying to bring care back to health care. And so far, I think we've, we've been successful. We continue to strive to do our best every day. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would ask you to hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening to or on the computer where you're listening so that you can be alerted whenever we do have new episodes. And I mentioned those are on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. So I also want to talk to you about testosterone therapy in women. 
In women, testosterone is produced by the ovaries and the adrenal glands. And also some of it is converted in the peripheral tissues. Now, levels start to decrease gradually starting in the 20s or 30s in women. And there's an abrupt decrease in menopause, especially uh, when you just go through menopause naturally. That's with the exception of uh, surgical menopause. Testosterone is also converted to estrogen by the fat tissues. And that's an important source of estrogen in postmenopausal women. Now, testosterone in women is mainly associated with libido. So in, in women, our main use of testosterone is with a mixture of female hormone where you're trying to increase a woman's sex drive, which is something that is, of course, very important. And that's a very commonly written combination medicine uh, in this day and time. What we haven't found in women is any evidence of improvement in anxiety or mood or body weight or mass and that kind of thing. Uh, so it's not something that's done very often in women other than in mixture with estrogen to try to uh, increase libido and keep that at a level where they would like it to be. So several things about testosterone. One, it is not a panacea. It's not going to cure all of your ills. It's not going to fix everything that's wrong with you. It is not a problem for everyone who has a low level at a given age. It's important to consider the age of the person, what are the symptoms they might have. I mentioned loss of body hair and, and hot flashes and, se and sexual dysfunction, that kind of thing. And it's important to take all that into consideration when you're thinking about whether a person might actually need hormone replacement. It's important to take into consideration if you have any way of knowing what their levels have been in the past what those were and what they are now. It's important to realize that just because they're tired, just because they might be depressed to a degree and don't have the sense of vitality that once did, that's not necessarily a testosterone problem. It can be, but keep in mind it can be something else. Whether you're the physician or you're the patient, keep in mind that it can be something else. And be sure that you get two readings. You want to be sure you have two readings in, drawn in the morning before you make a diagnosis or make a decision that you or the patient has low testosterone levels. And then if you do decide that this is a problem, then proceed with treatment. Talk to the patient about how they might want to handle that. That's going to be a combination of how they want to do it. Do they mind a shot? Do they want to do that? Do they want to do topical? What does their insurance maybe cover? What are the finances like? Because that's something you have to consider whenever you're prescribing any medication, certainly a long-term plan, which this would be for someone. And then have an open conversation with your doctor about it. You know, And if you're not comfortable with what the doctor tells you, get another opinion. I certainly don't mind when people go from me to get another opinion. I see plenty of people that come to me for a second opinion. I think that's a very smart thing to do, especially in something like this, which is, which is really considered fairly optional. It's, it's not something that's life or death in the vast majority of cases. I get asked about testosterone therapy with great regularity. And in many cases, we do proceed and, and do replacement of testosterone. But I think, and I'm willing to say the majority, certainly more than 50%, uh, we end up not doing it because it's just not the exact right fit for a particular patient in a particular circumstance. So, John, that's a quick hit on testosterone. Yep, that was quick, but some questions. So, you mentioned the problem of not having a baseline, I guess you might say. In, right. 
right? So for young folks out there, is it worth getting a baseline uh, test done so that it helps later on in life? Well, I could see doing that. I think it'd be great. I know in my own experience, if I'd had that, it'd be really good to have. I think the problem is you get it drawn at, say, 25 years old. Honestly, I think even today with the technology we have, the chance of you holding on to that level to your 65 is pretty slim. Sure. But I think it'd be if you did know, I think it'd be good to know. And it would help your doctor later. Oh, no question. Right. It absolutely would. Right. So a uh, question we've got here, you might expect, what's the cost? So what's the cost of, of getting the test? And then what's the cost of the, of the therapy? Well, the, the if you have to have itself, that, the, just checking a testosterone level, I don't think is a terribly expensive thing. Now, I can't quote a number, but I don't think that's something that would keep the majority of people from doing this. The medicines can be a different story, and a lot of that depends, of course, on how your insurance handles this. And some of the plans that I've seen don't handle it well because they're, they feel, see this as a lifestyle issue, and so they don't want to cover it, and some of them cover it extremely well. But some of the the replacements can be $400 a month, $350 a month. Some of the injectables are probably the least expensive. Some of them are probably going to be in the neighborhood of closer to 80 to $120 a month, something like that. Um, but the newer things, the problem with them is they're still brand name. And if you've ever taken a medicine, you know that brand name anything costs a lot more than generic anything. Sure. And so the ones that are still brand name are definitely going to be more in that 400 to 350 probably to $500 a month range. Gotcha. So we've obviously got folks that have been listening to previous episodes because got a question about stress. How does stress play into testosterone levels? Stress decreases most hormone levels with the exception of cortisol. So I think if you're super stressed, you could absolutely expect to have a decrease in your testosterone level. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, now, I don't think that would necessarily be a long-term change, but if you're acutely stressed, I think a lot of these levels are going to be depressed. That's what I got. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate people sending in questions. I appreciate the listeners and people who have subscribed and the comments that I get, most of which are in the office and people actually listening to the, the podcast. It's been a, a pleasure for us to do. I'm looking forward to continuing. We are going to be back on the second Wednesday of next month. And for now, that is to your health.